What do you do when you can't pause the game? Hello and welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. Today we talk to author and gamer Janice Davis and get a sneak peek at her novel, The Holder's Dominion. So stay tuned and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. We're delighted to have Janice Davis with us today. Janice has written a novel where gaming is a key theme and plot device. With scenes set in Tacoma, Washington and Austin, Texas, our narrator, Kaylee Ames, tells parallel stories of her father's disappearance and her foray into an online, massively multiplayer world. We're so glad to have you on the show today, Janice. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Excellent. So uh, let's get started with our introductory question. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your gaming history? Sure. Thank you. I'd love to. Well, I was born in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in a very large family. There's four girls and two boys. Oh, <laughs> so. That's pretty good size. Yeah. Yes, there's six of us. And, you know, my my biggest passions growing up were actually horses and flying. My dad was a pilot. Uh, he flew helicopters in Vietnam and flew helicopters for the state police. And he actually sent me to a summer flying glider program where I learned to fly gliders when I was 14. Oh, wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Yes. So that was just completely unexpected. And he always wanted someone to kind of follow in his footsteps of flying and I really did think I was going to be a pilot when I was younger. I loved it. You know, he would take us up in the helicopter or uh, and during the flying program, I flew gliders and got to try out Cessnas as well. So it was really, really a really cool experience and really makes you kind of grow up in 10 seconds or less. You know, you're, <laughs> you realize after, you know, weeks of training, I still remember looking behind me and, and you know, that very first time that I soloed and realizing, oh my goodness, my instructor's not there. I, I have to do this. I you am know, I really on the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was definitely just where I thought I was going. And then my sisters actually got me really into equestrian sports. I loved dressage and stadium jumping, cross country jumping. And I started competing with them and following them and their footsteps all over the state. And we would drive, you know, an old truck, an old trailer and, and drive our horses around. They were actually the ones that also got me involved in working when I was really little. I started working at a barn with them, uh, you know, 12 or 13, you know, we, we would clean stalls together and, and wash out water tanks. And our parents always said, hey, if you want to do something like horses, you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah, <laughs> you have to have the responsibility for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. So that that was oh, that was my life, horses and, and flying. And then in college, that's when writing really popped into my 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 goals and my dreams list. I I found that I really liked creative writing and playwriting classes, and I couldn't get enough of them. And I actually ended up majoring in English. And so, funny enough, in college is actually where I was introduced to gaming as well. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> so I had no history with gaming. I, w I was in college, my roommates were playing uh, an MMO, Final Fantasy XI, actually, and I remember it was a Friday night or something, and I said, hey, let's go to a movie, and they looked at me and they said, oh, you know, we can't, we're actually, we're playing this game, and I will never forget that I asked them, well, just pause it, <laughs> 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 and they, you know, they, they both looked at me and they started laughing, and they said, no, 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 this is an, an online game, there's no way we can pause it, we're playing right. with people from all over the world. And in that moment when they said that, I was uh, – something about what they said captivated me. Like I just stopped in my tracks and I thought, wait a second. You're playing with people from all over the world. What do you mean? Because I had only seen you know, my brother playing console games or something like that. So they said, well, we can't really explain it. We just have to show you. And so they sat me down. <laughs> Famous last words right there. Just take a look. Just a look. Right? It's not going to hurt. Exactly. And so they sat me down and I said, okay, you know, this is what we're doing. This is, these are our characters that we're playing and this is how it works. And just from that moment, I was fascinated and I kept asking questions from there. Nice. Wow. I can see how that would get you started. Because <laughs> right, it, it was, it was, it was, it was something. And the more I asked questions, the more I learned, the more I realized that more and more of my friends in college were playing games and I was completely it just wasn't my thing I had mm -hmm. I didn't grow up playing games so it was very 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 foreign to me yeah so did you just take to it immediately 
you know what? I not really. It was so strange and so foreign that it took me a while to to get comfortable. I I would get really nervous when they would leave me alone. Like they <sighs> they they showed me the the controls. They would say, "Okay, this is how you move left and right," and and I would point to other characters on the screen and I would say, "Wait, so that's that's the real person walking around next to me? That's someone just from anywhere?" And they say, yeah. And so right then I would get nervous. Like, oh, wait, well, am I in the right place? Am I going to run into them? Am I going to mess up their gameplay? And so I was really uncomfortable for a long time. And I did not want to play alone. And I would would beg them to show me more and teach me more because I I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. And I I didn't know how it worked. So it, it did take me a while. So, so when you were in these initial learning stages, so so you you saw the game first by watching your your friends play, yes, and then and then started playing yourself. So in your initial gaming, were you playing like physically in person with them? Were you in the same room, or did you end up getting a computer set up that you were playing elsewhere? Yeah, we were all in the same room, okay. uh, and I was watching them on their computers, mm-hmm. and they we I mean there was at least. I don't know, five or six computers. You know how you know how these yeah. apartments in college are. Everyone has computers. There are mm-hmm. two or three, and mm-hmm. so they they I would watch them play on their on their desks, and then I started out playing on their on their games on their characters, and then they they decided that I needed to make my own because right. the more I played, they, the more they want to play with me, and so we I needed to make my own. But I did start out just watching. Yeah, well, that's that's a good way to kind of get into it because it looks like it's you know, it looks a little like a movie when you're watching it. Oh, absolutely. So it's familiar territory that way. Absolutely. And I, I, can, I remember seeing the screen and with all the add-ons and with the spells going on, with all the people moving around and, and then, you know, their mounts and they're, they're, everyone's doing a different activity. I remember thinking, like, how do you even see what's going on? Because there's right. so many flashing, you know, <laughs> things <laughs> on the screen. And I, I, I really thought that, that it was more complicated than it actually is. Because as an outsider, you're looking at it and it just looks really overwhelming. And then the more they explain, okay, well, this is just letting you know that, you know, this spell is ready. You're, it was more, it was like, oh, okay, so it's not, mm-hmm. the world's not ending. <laughs> <laughs> red flashing button doesn't mean your game's about to explode. <laughs> you know, hit, hit number three or whatever. <laughs> It's actually so exactly what, you, what you should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you remember about that first character that you created? Let's see. Uh, oh man, it was it was over ten years ago. So. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. Okay. It's two thousand two. Yeah, that's, that's that's the year that I started playing Final Fantasy XI, and I remember, I remember immediately liking the Mithras. I, I, it's this uh, cat-like human, and something about that race just really—I don't know—it it, was—it was—it was cute. It was um, unintimidating. I, I have really, really—I do not have a stomach for you know, you know, horror movies or zombies or scary things. <laughs> like I just—I will not be the girl that you know can can go watch Cabin in the Woods or anything like that. Um, and so I, I noticed that I gravitated more toward the characters that weren't intimidating and, and scary looking mm. it had a level of familiarity to it maybe. yes mm-hmm. definitely. not completely definitely. alien mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes i did notice that i do remember that and still to this day i still do that with with new games when i'm creating the characters i gravitate toward familiar or or, or whatever the the developers describe as uh you know the good guys <laughs> what i <laughs> is what i go toward <laughs> so have you continued to play um mmos I do, yes, I do. Uh, I I uh, was playing just recently the beta for Firefall, and yeah. I really, really, in, in, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and me too. <laughs> of course, Warcraft. Uh, I I love that game, that MMO as well. I still like Final Fantasy XI, and I think that I think that it, we we live in a really unique time for MMOs, especially with you know Defiance and how it, you know we have the TV show now running alongside the MMO. I think it's really cool to see where MMOs are going. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of different directions that they can take MMOs right now, and a lot of different approaches to gameplay. I think that are emerging out of the MMO market, and it's it's becoming a very competitive place. And I think that that's one of the reasons why, for me at least, Firefall stands out because their gameplay is so much different than, say, World of Warcraft or even Final Fantasy. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, many uh, gamers uh, that were avid MMO players would, when they found out that I was 
playing Final Fantasy XI, they would turn their heads and they would look at me and they'd say, what? You started learning on Final Fantasy XI? That's like the hardest MMO you're uh-huh. trying to learn on. And I remember <laughs> that sticking in my mind because it didn't matter to me because it was my first. So I had nothing to compare it to. Right, right. And yeah, and so yeah. when you know, they would say you have to kneel to get HP and MP back and you lose experience when you die. And, <laughs> and they would, you know, rattle off all the things that were horribly hard about the game. And, and to me, it was just that I thought that's how they all were. And so it was kind of cool that I started on a, on one of the more difficult, you know, described MMOs that way. That's just how I thought they were. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was always this painful you mean right. it doesn't have to hurt like this? <laughs> one, one of my favorite things, too, is is in, in that game, they have a translator function where you can tab through phrases and you can actually communicate with, you know, people that speak all kinds of different languages. I remember this one uh, camp that we got together with had all uh, Japanese-speaking players, and so we would use the the translation function to plan our strategies, and that that really just captured my interest because I thought, how cool is it that I'm, you know, playing this game with, with people across the world. We, we don't even speak the same language, but we're communicating and we're, we're, we're learning together and we're taking over, you know, this part of the zone and, and leveling up. I mean, it just blew me away. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the massively part of MMO is, is, is truly a wonder. If you do stop and kind of think about, okay, here I am, I'm communicating with people who are all over the world and we're all working together and you know all those different ideas really really is a globalization in a really interesting way you know here we have to learn teamwork and we have to work together um in ways that you know people aren't often able to offline <laughs> right oh yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. i mean and, and just like you said even if you are if you're far away from your family you can mm-hmm. hop on and feel close together and you know messaging back and forth and then joining up in a in a group it's just it's absolutely. Ugh, i love it i'm yeah. such a fan <laughs> <laughs> well and i assume that part of part of your fandom and your interests is is what inspired the novel that you've written the holder's dominion yeah. so can you give us an idea about what it was that inspired you to go from gamer to writer about games oh absolutely oh my goodness I, you know i kept noticing day after day that i had two circle of friends that were so separated from each other and had no idea what each other d- did and it was so funny because i you know on 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 tuesday nights you know would be raid night and i would uh be excited to have this commitment you know every night every every tuesday night and uh, you know, if, if if my girlfriend would call and say, "Hey, you know, we're all you know going out Tuesday night. Can you come?" And when I would try to describe why I couldn't go, and when that I, <laughs> I <laughs> they, they would look at me funny, like, "What are, what you, are talking you talking about?" about? <laughs> and 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 what also caught my attention is how when I finally described it as okay, so when I finally when they finally understood that it was an online video game that I was playing with other people, the the stigma with that was still so pre- so prevalent that it really caught my attention that they would say, wait, so you're choosing a video game rather than going out with you know real people, real mm-hmm. friends. And that that started to to eat at me. It started to really bother me because I when I would try to explain, well, it's not it's 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 actually the same. It's you know I am I'm actually meeting real people and I'm I'm doing the same socializing on a Tuesday night that I would be with you. But right. But they, it just, it's like they couldn't, you know, some, something about that, the explanation wasn't doing it justice. They couldn't make the jump between how it was a similar social activity. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. so for years, you know, I, I just started pouring myself into just more more research and, and talking to people about games and online games and started working alongside professionals that work in the video game industry and develop MMOs. And I thought, you know, there are there are lore books out there that enhance the, the video game worlds and there are, you know, all types of ways that, you know, transmedia expands these worlds, but there really isn't a book that someone who doesn't play MMOs could pick up and read and get a glimpse of what it's about and i i mean I, the idea across my mind to, to have it be just kind of like a step-by-step um you know like how to <laughs> book but yeah but it's just it wasn't me I, mm-hmm. I back to my writing background i love creative writing i majored in english all my classes are about playwriting and screenwriting and creative writing so i thought you know i really let's make this a fiction novel a suspenseful thriller that people can get entertainment out of and then on top of that they might take away something 
that helps them uh, see gaming in a different in a different light. Hmm. So I really, really started to to I sat down and I started spending a lot of time with the skeleton and thinking about how could I how could I write a story that could stand alone on its own as just a form of entertainment, but then could also bridge the gap between my two circle of friends. I, I don't like to use the term non-gamer because I, I really feel like we're all gamers in a way, mm-hmm. but that term kind of has just become, you know, so common with, with people where they're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not a gamer, I'm a non-gamer, but right. I, I like to call them future gamers or <laughs> gamers <laughs> don't know that they're gamers yet, but... <laughs> or gamers in denial. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, I, The Holder's Dominion is, uh, is a novel that came from that, from that little seed of me wanting to bring my two circles together. And that's, that's really where it started. It's December 2009 is, is when I was really marinating on the idea. And then January 2010, I just thought, okay, I'm going to do it. And that's when I started writing the book. So what kind of reaction have you gotten from the book? And have you, have you seen um, a change between the uh, non-gamers toward your gaming life? You know what? It, it has been really special. I mean, the book just came out in March and already I am, my heart melts when I, I just received an email from a, a mom who told me that she never liked video games. She always thought that they were antisocial and a waste of time. And she didn't like that her son played video games more often than not. And she said, I read your book and I, my know, I know that I know now that what the game that my play that my son plays is an MMO. Thanks to your book. (laughs) She said, I, I, I got a totally new perspective on gaming from a perspective that I could relate to because Kaylee is also, you know, not a gamer. She was never a gamer before and she got introduced to an online game through very unique circumstances. And she said, I liked that, you know, she was a runner and I'm a runner and I can relate to the hobbies that she does outside of gaming. And I got to go with her step by step on this adventure, on this mystery where, you know, she's trying to figure out what's all, what, the, what is this game about? And then I learned with her. Mm-hmm. And the coolest part about the email, she said, you know, at the end of the book, I decided that I was going to try an MMO with my son and we've never bonded more. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Oh, that's a great story. Yeah. So it's really cool to Mm -hmm. see that, you know, there are misconceptions out there and there are misjudgments about video games with, with, with people assuming that, you know, oh, you know, that's just this antisocial or, you know, that's, that's a waste of time. And, and really like we just talked about, it's, it, it blew me away, you know, in 2002. And I really excited to, to show this, this discovery that I've been making over the past decade that it's games are not what a lot of people think they are. And they offer so much more than than one can assume. Yeah, there's a lot more depth. I think that's part of the problem is people who don't game tend to dismiss gaming as um, one dimensional. And I think that that's one of the things that I've seen, I, I will fully admit right now that I haven't finished the novel, I'm about a third of the way through it. Um, and I, so no spoilers for me. <laughs> got you got it. <laughs> no spoilers for any of our listeners either. So <laughs> you got it. One of the one of the coolest uh, endorsements that I got was one from one of my uh, idol authors. Her name's Christy Golden, and she's just an amazing New York Times bestselling author who's written books that I just uh, I just really look up to. And I loved that she said that the book she thought the book was going in one direction, you know, and then she was pleasantly surprised. So I, I love that. I love nice. yeah. you know, books that, you know, you, you, you think you can predict and you don't. So that's just, that's one of the coolest things about it. So I definitely won't give anything away. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but I think that's one of the things that's a strength of the novel is seeing the world uh, on a page. I, it, it's really easy for those of us who are and who clearly, completely and readily confess that we're gamers to to talk about gaming and to know, you know, what the immersive life in a game is like. So that's one of the things that's really interesting about reading the novel is seeing that going from the screen. Well, actually, I'm reading on a screen anyway, because I'm reading on my Kindle, but um, a different kind of screen, I guess, going from the computer screen to the page, I think is a really, it really is a different experience of of gaming. So I, I think that's really interesting. And I'm glad you're getting that kind of feedback, because I was wondering about it as I was reading, what are people who don't, who can't go, okay, well, this is what this looks like in World of Warcraft, or this is what this is like in Dungeons and Dragons online, etc. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I really, really, wanted that approach where uh, you know because someone did ask me uh, a, a gamer did ask me why did you write 
you know, this, this, this novel, you know, in the real world, why didn't you just write it, you know, in the world of Edinair, like all the other lore books? And I, the way I answered that was just like what you said, so that anybody who's never touched an MMO can pick up the book and, and read and, and get a glimpse as if they have played right. without, without having to. And they can see right. why it is we play MMOs and how immersive and, and the teamwork that you build. Yeah, well, and it's actually, that's, you know, another, another part of that's so powerful about the book is that if it was a lore book and if it was linked to a specific game or a specific genre, yes, your audience would be built in, but you'd also be more likely to exclude people. And because it's sort of driven as a as a mystery more, I think that's one of the reasons why it ends up, you know, building that bridge between those who game and those who are denying or, you know, won't admit that they game or are more reluctant to game. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and even though you know, some some gamers they would ask me, "Well, did you base it on on real experience in game in mm-hmm. MMOs? Did, like, did you let out any of our dirty secrets?" <laughs> and uh, it's so funny, and you know, because I'll 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 giggle with them. I'm like, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry. Right. And and I would just kind of explain that, you know, I of course all writers base you know the, a lot of their writing on real experience, but a lot a lot of the examples are like you said, just for for the mystery for the book to be just purely entertainment mm-hmm. and a suspense kind of adventure that you go on but at the same time it's cool to bring to light some of the points that are that do exist in MMOs like the point uh, of having the pressure to perform well I mean that that definitely exists in raids oh, and no in, doubt. in groups that aren't as casual yeah and I, I mean I definitely remember <laughs> you know if if you you know strafe the wrong way or you forget a spell or miss a hit or something or an interrupt you'll hear about it you oh, know yeah, yeah no <laughs> doubt I've, I, I have I have told stories about that too where when I was first new to World of Warcraft and I didn't know what I was doing and I went into a pickup group into a dungeon and they were just giving me the worst time about how I was playing and I'm like I don't know I'm just learning <laughs> and it's it's kind of hard too because it can be alienating that experience can be alienating I became kind of trigger shy of pickup groups for that reason you know and I, I outgrew that but yeah. <laughs> Especially even just trying a new, I mean, you, you can get really good at DPS or really good at healing. And if you want to mm-hmm. try tanking, God right. forbid, you go into you yeah. know, a pickup group and you yeah. don't know every single fight right. mechanic. Well, and so yeah. I did want to bring that to light. I wanted to show that, I wanted to show the some of the hardcore aspects of, of, of MMOs that, that, that does exist where you, you have, there is a level of expectation and you do need to perform. But what, but the good things that can come from that, you right. know? having yeah. an expectation and really pushing yourself to be challenged and to to find your strategies and your and your strengths right yeah teamwork and problem solving really right want to kind of boil down what cooperative gaming in general is about those those i would say were are kind of top level characteristics definitely definitely well i'm curious about it since we're talking more about um how you're continuing to play the mmos what is your typical pattern for when you go in to build an avatar? I mean, what is it that you like to look for? What is your method? What, what kind of choices do you want to have? Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because I, I remember, um, I love your site, by the way. I remember going through it and reading through about the self and, and the mastery and the role. And I when I took the, the test, I was surprised that my mastery wasn't higher. It said that I was self first and then role and then mastery. Mm. Um, and I, I do, I do enjoy the getting better in the achievement base and really in rank. I mean, I remember, uh, you know, working really hard on my DPS and and getting better, higher and higher rankings on different fights and really enjoying kind of mastering the class. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, um, but then also I, I definitely knew right away that I do gravitate toward the familiar through, you know, when I'm looking through the avatars, I, I definitely avoid the scary zombie looking ones. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when you can't really customize too much, uh, uh, again, I, I, I'm not really sure my exact pattern other than, than those few three key features, but, uh, what, what else do you mean? What else should I say about that? Well, what three key features are you talking about? Uh, just the, when we were talking about, you know, being familiar or, or okay. 
being the good guy and, or uh, the, the, the characters the developers kind of give a backstory to and say, you know, these are the races that, you know, have went went into the war to help, you know, the smaller races yeah. or whatever. I like those. <laughs> <laughs> so you prefer characters with um, a tragic background versus characters with, uh, say, a whole family background? Um, I don't know if, if I prefer that one or the other. I just like the the backstory where they where they talk where the developers talk about how a certain race might you know have have went on the line to help a different race or you know has a history of you know uh, loyalty and and uh, really good work ethic and I, I definitely yeah. you know gravitate toward that familiar you know uh, what we all try to you know uh, reach to be in our personal lives <laughs> it's interesting because I don't, I don't I'm not sure that we've talk to too many people that actually turn out to be role players where their avatar creation is is usually based on uh, physical things that things that you mm-hmm. can see and not necessarily a moral compass. Uh, we haven't heard that very often. Yeah, oh, okay. that's that's a different take. It's really interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think it might be partly you know with my writing background, I really enjoy. I mean, with holders, if you can imagine, you know, the the Sherry I had to I had to create with all of the backstories and all of the, mm-hmm. the character names and and creating that whole world. I mean, I remember nights, you know, at three. AM, I remember being on my laptop going, ah, you know, I have to be a video game developer and designer and, and do like teams, you know, what teams of people normally do when people yeah. hire out, you know, <laughs> trying to write this book. But oh, it was such a good experience. But yeah, I, I think that that's part of it where I, I love uh, seeing, you know, how developers can create these entire races, backstories and, and where they come from and who they are and their choices that they've made and and the consequences or the triumphs that, that, that those choices have brought them to. So, yeah, I, I, I it's cool to hear that that's unique. And I, I didn't I never really thought about uh, where that came from until just now where I thought, well, maybe it has to do with, you know, that writing. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things that we noticed too about about role players tend to be writers just in general. The people that we've talked to who identify first as role players will have very extensive backstories for their characters that often impact how they're displayed visually and the choices that they make in like hairstyles and types of characters that they play and those those choices that they make. So very cool. All of that tends to be to be wound together. For role players. Yeah, it was. It was interesting reading about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I've I've met role players that, like you said, they they're just they're just it's they they really have that detail and backstory with mm-hmm. their characters. But but with me, I definitely am <laughs> fall into the self category where when it was talking about socializing online and how you you just talk accurately about <laughs> your, life, you know, yeah. your offline life. I'm like, yep, that's me. I'm talking about you know my dog striker and I'm, I need to go on a run or <laughs> whatever it is. I'm definitely an open book with my accurate lifestyle. <laughs> uh, well, nice. I spent a little time out on your um, your website, the gamer in you. And that's kind of like a big question that we have Mm -hmm. here. And um, we're really interested to see how you answer. um, What is a gamer? Yes. Oh my goodness. I love this question. I love it because, you know, I, I've, I've talked to so many people about my, about this philosophy that I have that we're all gamers. I really do believe, you know, we can all qualify into that term because I I mean, the, the way that the games are available to us today, I mean, you can pull out your phone, you know, and play Angry Birds or Plants vs. Zombies, you know, these, these really quick, fun games. I mean, that still qualifies you as a gamer. And, you know, I have moms that, that, that I, I I recently met up with that you know when I told them that they go wait because I play Angry Birds I'm a gamer <laughs> <laughs> and I said well, you know yes but why you know because they their their facial expressions or their energy kind of told me that 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 was a negative and and I would and I would kind of pause and and have them embellish about you know well, what well, why is that a bad thing or or why is that something that you might shy away from and again you know they would they would bring up the the stereotypes that they had heard or the misconceptions that they have and they say well you know a gamer means that 
you neglect your friends or you, you spend, you know, seven hours, you know, at night until 1, 2, 3 a.m. playing every night or, or you know, a gamer means, you know, someone that that's that's the most important thing or, or you, you know, you're, you don't want to go to work, you'd rather game. And, and I said, no, 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 you know, that that might be a small percentage of, of, of people that, you know, you've met or people you've talked to. But in, in reality, there's so many people that game as, as the hobby and, and lead perfectly normal, healthy lives. You know, they're, they have hobbies of running or, or uh, uh, you know, playing sports, and then they integrate gaming into their life as well. So it was really interesting just hearing different people assume that a gamer, you know, is that is that stereotype of, oh, the young boy in the basement of his parents' bedroom. You know? Yeah, the, the same the same sad stereotype that, you know, I think I, I think one of the problems and you've probably seen this as well is there's there tends to be a focus in the media on extreme cases of gamer addiction and the fallout from those things. And, and because those are newsworthy stories, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes. I know you guys can't see them. <laughs> I am using them for what it's worth. <laughs> yes. So these newsworthy, you know, stories of these horrible things that happen and these horrible people that do neglect their families or their children or their lives or their jobs and all these things. Yeah, those things do happen. But the problem is that that's not the majority of gamers. <laughs> and, that, and the problem is that head exactly they think that that will happen to everyone that exactly that video game. but yeah the, the problem is is that like you said but they they we don't realize that everything is a game i mean board games are mm-hmm. games card games are games i mean people that love to go to vegas and gamble that they're gamers i mean you know we're all you know, gaming it's about having fun and and playing something that you know gets you excited and is a thrill and is entertainment and you know you can get an achievement or, or a feeling out of it and so it's funny that you know video games are getting pigeonholed as as if you if you're you're a gamer only if you play a you know a hardcore game but it's right. just it's just really not the case and so I'm I'm really the whole the whole mission of the gamer new website is to show a new perspective on the term gamer and to show that you know it, it, gamer seems to be getting a, a bad rap but it really doesn't deserve that because the definition of gamer is you know someone who plays games and and we all can't deny it we play games in one form or another <laughs> you know tennis sports baseball yep. uh, card games it doesn't matter yeah no doubt no doubt. So, so I guess that the terms casual and hardcore, because you, you've used hardcore game yes, as, as a word. Terms. I think that those are relevant and useful mm-hmm. terms because we can, you know, describe different people's goals in gaming. Because when I was in a, a group that, of players that their their main goal was to be uh, what they call server first, you know, server first champions or server first achievers. So, so our whole mission was to be the best on our server and we were going to do whatever we could to do that. And so what we would do is we would spend, you know, three nights, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights uh, from 7 p.m. to 10, you know, three hours a night for three nights. And we would work as hard as we could. We strategize. We would come up with uh, our, our goals and go, okay, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. And we, we did it. And to me, that is hardcore. That's when, you know, you have you, you have a goal of trying to be in the best, you know, the top 1% of your server or your game. And you're willing to put in those extra hours it's still, I mean, when you think about it, it still isn't actually that many hours. I mean, because people can come home and have a hobby of watching a couple hours of TV at night or, or, or uh, right. so it's actually, you know, <laughs> they're not chained to their computers. <laughs> <laughs> right. So even though, you know, sometimes when I say the, the term hardcore, people might be thinking, you know, eight hours a night, every mm-hmm. night, five nights, six nights a week. That's actually what, not what we did. Like, like I said, just three nights a week, three to four hours a night. And uh, we, we were able to achieve all of our goals and get the server first and get legendary items. Um, so I, I do like the terms hardcore and casual because you're able to, to describe what kind of effort you're putting into a game. Because uh, when I play, you know, Plants vs. Zombies, I mean, to me, that's just casual. I can hop on, I can play for 10 minutes and hop off. And it's a really great way to describe the gamer that you are. In that and you can pause that. it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you can, you can actually pause that game. <laughs> oh, I will never live that down. <laughs> they still to this day. They're like, oh, so how's the pause going? <laughs> well, we we had a guest um, several episodes ago, Chris Brady, uh, who was part of the original uh, dissertation research that I did. But her phrase was, she always considered herself hard enough core that that she had enough of a life outside of gaming that it wasn't ha- what 
entirely defined her, but that she was committed to it. And I think that's kind of what you're describing here. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I love that phrase. Ask her if I can borrow that. I yeah, love it. It is pretty. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And and you can move in and out of those. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can yeah. be a hardcore gamer, and then you can move into casual. And 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 being a professional gamer is so viable now. It's just such a relevant thing where you can that can be your profession. And you being hardcore can actually be you know a, a, a career style, a career choice. Right. Right. It it becomes you know a, a more than just the hobby that you have that way right. or something mm-hmm. that that you know might be perceived as taking up too much time right you 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 guys uh, we, we hear so much i know that you and i both have done so much research on, how, on the benefits of gaming and just as you as a person you you know your reflexes get better and your mm-hmm. memories improved and your eyesight and that's really the whole goal of the gamer new and really for for my book too is just to to show um, people like me who didn't grow up around video games that didn't grow up in that environment and so may at first feel like an outsider looking in and going mm, I don't know about this video game you know I've heard some things on the news or I have people that say their loved ones play too much or are addicted so I, the whole the whole mission of both is to actually show that while uh, you know, a small percentage of that may be true. There's so much more. There's so much more that we yeah. that's that 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 hasn't been showed. Yeah, there there's a much greater depth to to gaming as a culture, as a subculture, as a hobby, et cetera. I, I get asked that question a lot. Um, actually, I've had a, a few people who know me on Facebook like, "Oh, my so and so relation is doing this and this and this. Are they addicted to gaming?" And I'm like, "I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> Right. I don't know that person. And, you know, I, addiction has pretty simple definition. If you're neglecting other parts of your life in order to do insert your addiction here, then maybe you're maybe you have a problem. But if you're still going to work and you're still going to school or you're still doing whatever else it is you're doing and it's just part of your life, then probably not now. Right. And sometimes so. they can focus on the video game aspect mm-hmm. and say, oh, video games are, are making them addicted. But it's really interesting to take a step back and think, well, let's think about addiction and how that can actually be just a personality trait and mm-hmm. that you can get addicted to sugar or, you know, oh, alcohol sure. or, or, you know, adopting pets or you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shopping. It, it could more likely is a core problem, you right. know, a core issue yeah. that the person needs to work on rather Absolutely. than the video game as the target. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I mean, if you if you have an addiction issue, you're going to find something to be addicted to. Right? Yeah, yeah. If that's that's part of what your personality is or how you're driven. Yeah. Then then it, it you know like I, that's why I said insert what you're addicted to here because generally that is the way that it works. I I, I just had um a, a wife who who told me that she thought that her husband was addicted to video games and after reading holders she goes oh okay it's not about it's not about addiction it's about you have really a second family in mm-hmm. on games and you you're you as the tank or the protector you're there to take care of the entire group and take the blows from the enemies and she's she all of a sudden saw her husband in a totally new light mm-hmm. and she, she, was, she was shocked that that's fantastic just about oh he's getting on a game and zoning out for the next two hours, she said, I, my perception was completely changed. And I realized, oh, he is stepping into the role of this protector, this, this, this family man where mm-hmm. he's going, he's the front runner in the game. He's protecting all of them. They're doing the damage. And it is so cool that she said, I feel like I get, here's the air quotes again. <laughs> she said, I feel like I get gaming. And mm-hmm. oh, you guys, that's just that, that just warms my heart. Cause that was the whole goal of this book. I just right. want to people together and show a new perception to gaming yeah yeah well that's where your your what you did with the novel and what I wanted to do with the dissertation research and definitely with the podcast are are very much the same I really wanted people to see the the depth and engagement and and a different side of gaming because like I said the media portrays it one way or people react and I think spouses in in particular who aren't gamers look at gaming as a way to that is taking their partner away from them mm-hmm. and if they don't understand that there's a social commitment to an MMO or to a game or to what they're doing then they don't understand that it's not just I want to get away from you <laughs> yeah right it's not that at <laughs> yeah. all and that's what was so cool is hearing that 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 testimonial mm-hmm. that she said 
just straight out, I had it completely wrong. I had it wrong. I thought he was doing one thing and my my, I, my eyes were open to what he, he what was actually happening. And that's what I love about the cover of the book is that the painter, his name's Fabio Beretta Zingroni. He's this amazing uh, uh, matte painter from Italy. And he said, I wanted to convey how you know the juxtaposition of Kaylee her avatar's eyes are opened and you know her real life the p- profile her eyes are closed mm. like how cool nice. that you know he really wanted to show that that gaming can actually open your eyes to so much that you didn't realize was there oh it's just so cool very <laughs> yeah. cool it's, yeah it's a beautiful cover i'm glad yeah. i'm glad you knew personally the the application of that image that's great Yes, definitely, definitely. It was it's just so cool to to hear how artists will see something and want to bring different aspects of it to life. It's just yeah. really neat. Okay. Well, I'm, I, I've got a riff on you one more time about the pause. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please do, please do. <laughs> but but you'll uh, I, I think you'll identify with it. I was. I was going to have a phone date with one of my uh, best friends and I had come home and one of the things I've been doing as soon as I get home is sitting down to play Tomb Raider and we couldn't get our times right and he said, well, I'll call you soon. I'm going to take the dog for a walk and so I'm sitting there playing Tomb Raider. Well, when the phone rings, um, I go to a cut scene and I was like, (laughs) crap. So I turn the volume down, the cutscene uh, gets done, and um, I just I, I put it on pause, and and we talk for about an hour and a half or whatever. So I go back, and I'm going in, I'm going through the menu, going through the menu. Where is the cutscene? I want to play it again, and I didn't search online for very long, but apparently you that you can't replay cutscenes in Tomb Raider. Oh no. <laughs> And I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, you don't understand. Oh, my <laughs> this goodness. is, um, no. They introduced a new mission. He gave her a tool, and I don't know what that's about. And so I ended up finding oh, online the video. I was like, oh, okay, goodness. my very first complaint about Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it's true. I mean, cutscenes are so, they're so valuable. I mean, they really extend the story. I would be the same. I'd be like, no, I have to see the cutscene. Heartbroken. I'm hurting for you, Rhonda. <laughs> yeah. He he would have understood. He's yeah. a he's a gamer and and a geek and everything. But uh, uh, I just I didn't want to do it to him, so I just put in a pause. I just assumed I'd be able to go back and replay it. Right. Just, sure. You know. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> oh, I found it. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad you did. <laughs> that, is, that game is on my must playlist. As my yeah. list is getting longer, I really want to play that one. I have. I I can't even fathom at this point how long my list of games I is. <laughs> I haven't had I, I I was teaching an overload this semester so I haven't had a lot of time to game and I'm just getting to the point where I can play again and so I'm like oh uh, what are, I don't know where to start where to start right <laughs> <laughs> it's too many choices there's so much to choose from <laughs> oh, it's well true. it's been really great having you on Janice Oh, thank you so much. It's Fantastic. been such a pleasure. I just to finally get to meet you guys, at least digitally for now over Skype. Hey, that's enough. We're, we'll have to meet up at a convention because yes, getting to talk to Amy and getting talked about you guys, it was just yeah. It yeah. was such such a pleasure. It really, it really is fantastic. I mean, I need to give a shout out to Amy for connecting us. Um, that's yes. really oh, yeah. Um, and to give the story that I teased to you guys before we started recording today. Uh, so you may or may not know this about Amy. She is she edits. Um, uh, academic manuscripts. So she's a copy editor for academic manuscripts. And she's a friend or she's wife to a longtime friend of mine who I've known since high school. And when I went to finish, you know, my dissertation that I had been looking at and writing for five years at that point, (laughs) I wanted an editor because I I knew I couldn't really see it anymore. I mean, I teach English, so I I, I tend to be pretty good, but I knew I couldn't see the mistakes in it anymore. And so Amy was the person I went to to edit the dissertation. Um, And then I became friends with her on Facebook through this process, and we got to know each other and we've become, you know, better friends since then. But um, Amy wasn't a gamer before she read my dissertation. (laughs) 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 I would not have considered herself a gamer and wasn't much much of a geek or a nerd necessarily. 
family and my dissertation was part of what sort of engaged her in this culture and she has been like a great fan of the podcast and has been really following us as we've been producing this so huge thanks to her for uh, for her contribution seriously huge shout out to Amy yay yay Amy (laughs) thank you so much oh and I wanted you uh, we were going to talk about Lark yes yeah I was just going to ask that (laughs) phrase is uh, game on and Lark your life so I need to know what Lark your life is about (laughs) yes oh my gosh I'm so glad you asked because I love this story it it goes back to my family you know growing up in a large family and uh, you know needless to say you know outings weren't that frequent and so sometimes my dad would come home and he would gather us all around and he would say, who wants to go on a lark? <laughs> he would always use that term every time. Aww. And we always knew that that meant we were about to go on a spontaneous adventure. We had no idea what it was going to be, but it was going to be something fun, whether it was a late night movie or just a random trip to a, you know, the ice cream shop or whatever it was. And it, it just became that word. I just, I just always associated that with, with something, you know, just spur of the moment and it was always going to be fun. It was always going to be something random, something you weren't expecting to do. And as I got older, I realized that, you know, we all kind of get caught up in our routine of, you know, work and sleep and eat and work out mm-hmm. and game or whatever it is. And we forget to insert new or, or th- things that we wouldn't normally do, but, you know, maybe or try. And so, I was talking to my husband. I said, you know, we should we should go on a lark. And, and, he, and he was like, what? What is that? What are you talking about? And so I had to explain the whole story to him and, and describe what that word meant to me. And so now we carry on the tradition and we'll go on, you know, just random uh, larks, whether it's a, a random, you know, drive to the beach or, you know, just things that you normally don't do, just try to reinsert, you know, right. a lark into your life. So I started my motto, which is lark your life, you know, make sure you... Very nice. You get out there and, and, and do some spontaneous adventures every once in a while. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good motto. Yeah, I and, like and, it. I, and it's really cool too because I, I wrote uh, an article about how you can actually can actually help in your relationship too because sometimes we, you know, with our partners will have different hobbies and we can't relate to them because we didn't grow up doing them or, or, you know, they're foreign to us. But if we try them, we can discover things that we like that we never knew that we liked. Right. Like I remember, um, you know, uh, uh, I, I got an invitation to a Renaissance fair and I had never been to a Renaissance fair and I thought, Am I, would I like a Renaissance fair? I don't really, you know, it wasn't something that I would have just done on my own. And I thought, you know, I should, I should try it, you know, as an invitation, I should do something that, you know, I haven't done before. And and that's the definition to me of a lark is just getting out there, going to a red fair if you've never been. And by the way, I went and I loved it. Yes, yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> so yeah, I just, I, I love, love that, that word. I love that, you know, my dad found a way to get us excited about uh, uh, special trips. That's great. Well, yeah, very nice. That's a well, I love I love that story. And I love that idea. And I think part of what you said, too, uh, about it bringing you closer to your partner. Yeah. That would be very true, because then you can you have those stories to tell it's so easy to get caught up in routine. And this is what we do when we get home from work. And we do this for this long. And then we do this. And then we go to bed. And then we get up and we start over again. So sure. Absolutely. Throw a lark in there. For sure. Right. And just like that mom who, who emailed me and said she would have never, ever in a million years fathomed to try, you know, right. an online game. And then she yeah. did. She, and she did. She never expected it to be that bonding, uh, you know, fiber that, that brought her and her son closer mm-hmm. together. And that's yeah. just that's so cool. Oh, you guys are so excited. Yeah. <laughs> and we've heard we've heard that over and over again, too, from parents. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. Yeah. They, Families they that game together and uh, moms and, and sons that have done it yep. to um, have an activity together. Oh, and, yeah. uh, Even when uh, one of our writers for the site, Sharon, she started playing World of Warcraft to keep connected with her sons when they went away with her son when he went away to college so oh that is awesome yep. that is so that is such a great story i love it that's so great see we, we we're doing it guys we're on <laughs> change the term gamer we're getting more people involved and we're gonna ch- oh, i love it yes I love it. absolutely <laughs> thank you guys so much this has been so much fun it was so oh, such such a such a pleasure well do you have any um projects going on right now that you want our listeners to know about 
Oh my goodness. It, it has been such an exciting year. I am really excited about Comic-Con. We're going to be there at nice. Comic-Con. Yeah, doing discussions and, and, and oh, I'm, the conventions, there's something about them. Again, that's oh, where yeah. I met Amy. There's yeah. just something about the, the energy and the, the people that you meet and the artists and the art that you see. It's just such a special, special uh, event. And, and again, one that sometimes gets, uh, you know, misperceptions where people right. think it's one thing, but actually there's so much more than, you know, just cosplay or just comic books. I mean, the, the artists that you meet and the speakers, it's just... I'm so excited. That'll be great fun. Oh, but yes, but so conventions and uh, the gamer and you that that's what we're doing. And I'm also hosting for uh, Pixel Vision, which is a web series for Pixel Legends with the same goal. They really want to introduce uh, people who aren't familiar with video games, the benefits and the and the positive uh, effects that you can get from gaming. And we've done two episodes so far. The first one was titled The Gamer and You and really was a spinoff of The Gamer and You website. And then the second episode is called interactive storytelling and goes into how video games are the only platform that really lets the player influence the story you know because mm-hmm. in a movie you're just that you're the passive, yeah, passive, that passive yeah. role mm-hmm. and so i'm really excited for episode three i can't spoil it yet but that's <laughs> definitely on the horizons and i'm i'm writing two additional novels so wow oh you're a busy girl yeah <laughs> it has wow. been a really busy year but a really really exciting year because just i really want to bring people together and it feels like it's really happening so where can people get your book they can get it through any major chain you can get in paperback or ebook through barnes and noble or amazon i really just cannot describe how this stream that i had you know three and a half years ago i I still when i pick up my book i cannot believe it's really here (laughs) (laughs) and i'm so excited that you guys are reading it ah i'll have to keep you posted we will definitely Well, we really appreciate it, Janice. And we just want to uh, ask our listeners to check out her website. You can go to JaniceDavis.com and follow her. Also, um, TheGamerInYou.com. Is that what it is? That is. Okay. Yes. And that's where the videos are at. Yes, I would love to connect with you guys for sure. And we ask our listeners to check out, check out. Check us out there. (laughs) It's been a long day for me, guys. (laughs) We uh, hope this generates some discussion with our listeners. You can always check out the conversations on Twitter. We're at game underscore on underscore girl. Or we can find us on Facebook. You've been listening to Game on Girl. I'm the co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at Row Room, that's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M. Email me, Rhonda, at GameOnGirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs, as I'm known on Twitter. So many great thanks to Janice Davis for coming on the show today. Yeah, awesome. It was really a great interview. We had a great conversation. So much great energy and enthusiasm for gaming and game culture. It, it's really hard to find someone as enthusiastic really as we are. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So make sure to go out and check out The Holder's Dominion available on uh, Kindle. That's where I'm reading it on my Kindle. Um, and also available at all major book re- retailers and paper- paperback. So go check that out and let us know what you think about it once you do. Game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher Streaming and also Podcast Lounge for Windows phones. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website GameOnGirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks for listening and until next time, game on!